are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to an October 8th Saturday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, writer for BlazersEdge.com, and a former Blazers beat writer for Vancouver Columbian, and I'm happy to be joined for the first time in a little while. Uh, the one of the newest addition to NBC's Pro Basketball Talk, and a frequent guest on this show who will be doing more shows uh, as a co-host of this podcast, Dane Carbaugh. Thanks for coming on, and thank you for uh, being a co-host. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be on. I know that uh, I had a little bit of a hiatus for the summer, uh, but thanks to you for obviously just building up all the numbers and doing all the heavy lifting, and I'm back just to scoop in and reap all the rewards, but I'm happy to be here and uh, say hello to the listeners out there. If you want to check me out, obviously I will be on. As Eric said, my new gig is with NBC Sports uh, Pro Basketball Talks. You can check me out there, but yeah, ready to talk Blazers, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, the season is here. The first week of preseason is uh, underway. It's actually just about to end, or just ended. If you were listening to this on Saturday, when it's which is when it's going up, the Blazers have a preseason game tonight. We are recording this before the preseason game, so uh, no, no, we're not going to have any new developments on the fifteenth man battle, uh, the Hard Knocks Blazers edition. But uh, we do have some things to talk about with the Blazers because the preseason doesn't really matter. And I don't think uh, I doubt that. I mean, rarely will the preseason or should it ever really change your opinion on like certain guys. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm excited. Obviously, the preseason is fun just because. You know, it's the clear signifier that basketball is back. My whole mood changes. Uh, what it looks like outside changes, and it is fun to look at. We were joking on Twitter the other night about what 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 player is uh, uh, is going to be the guy that Blazers fans sort of stand irrationally after when he's like the 14th or 15th guy. Personally, I'm going with Grant Jarrett, but uh, yeah, preseason's here and I'm ready. Right, Grant Jarrett. Uh, gosh, you know he he's been looking good. I, I still think Montero has a shot. Like, even after that summer league, even after that summer league, I really do. I mean, I think they, they kept him. I mean, they, they did keep him for a reason. And it's like, I mean, I know they had already made the decision to get rid of Cliff Alexander, but is it, is it, is it the Tim Frazier effect where just because he's such good friends with all the important players that he's going to stick around? It could be. And I think it's also kind of a thing too. It's like, they've invested a lot in him, Like mm, they invested yeah. a full year last year in developing him. Mm. And I think they just really this is just how I see it. I don't know this, but like when I saw them and when I saw them fawning over him in his draft workout, like it was clear that they really were in love with like he has really gangly long arms. He can shoot mm-hmm. the three. He is six seven and like used to play guard, like potential as a three and D wing. And you can never have enough of those. So it's like right. do they believe that he will become useful soon enough to warrant a roster spot? I guess is yeah. where 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 that's going. But and yeah. also too that I think it matters like he how he plays in the locker room, like the character he has in the locker room as like, you know, the guy who's always like trash talking and 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 doing all this stuff and saying things that people don't even understand. Like I remember at one point last year he would like go around like he would say bye to people and be like happy Thanksgiving. And it's just like they they love that. They love that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and I don't I don't personally feel like the Blazers are panicking too much about Festus because I think there's a big push between um, some of the local coverage about 
Steamsma absolutely needing to be that guy or definitely going to be that guy. I really don't see that, especially if if Festus doesn't come back. <laughs> Then it's, it's okay. Well, then you can pick up. I mean, you think Greg Steamsma? Oh no, we 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 lost out on Greg Steamsma. We can't pick him up. You know, three weeks into the season, if we really need him, I mean, or a guy of that caliber. Come on, I'm, I'm guessing that most of that just comes out of like your classic token respect for guys. You know, and I I get it. Like he's been in the league for a while. Like. He's, you know, been on good teams. Like you don't want to like be like this guy came to camp just as a body and he has no <laughs> shot. So, like I think I, I don't think like but like clearly if you're looking at it rationally, like it's it doesn't make yeah. any sense for him to make the team. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'm with you that Festus is not an issue. Myers is back today. October yeah. 8th, apparently. So Myers is back to like fully go. Von Ley is back. Uh, Ed Davis is healthy. Plumlee's healthy. There's no, they can't even find time for, there's going to be nights where they can't find time for either Ed Davis or Myers Leonard. Like there's going to be nights like that. So there's no way they're going to bring on Steamsma. I agree. I agree. So yeah. So sorry for the Greg Steamsma fans out there (laughs) that really wanted Steamer to make the Blazers. Uh, yeah. But sorry to really, really, uh, you know, well, just totally shoot down the notion of that. There's a battle for that 15 spot at all. It's it's pretty well settled unless somebody does something amazing in the next two games. Yeah, I mean, Grant Jarrett was kind of like fun. Like, I mean, the thought of like having just another another guy that can play four that can shoot the three like just to space the court almost. He kind of like reminds mm-hmm. me of like he kind of reminds me of Anthony Tolliver. Okay, I can see that a little bit. You know, yeah, what I mean? can see that. Like, yeah, like he's not really like physical, not really gonna like add a lot to like your rebounding, but he's a four and he shoots good threes. Like, I mean, like, and yeah. he could be semi useful. Like, I think he's like Anthony Tolliver like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just excited because I just love having that player every preseason. Obviously, in years past, it's been Adam Morrison, it's been Kobe Carl. I really want it to be Grant Jarrett. I would love, uh, as we're recording tonight on a Friday night for Saturday, I would love for him to hit like four threes we and need, for Twitter to go nuts. We need, like, I can just see it right now. Like game two of the playoffs, the Blazers lose game one, and it's like they're down they're down by like eight in the second quarter, and fans are just like, getting Grant Jarrett and space the floor right now. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? We need Grant yeah. Jarrett. <laughs> how, about, how about some sort of insane formation where it's just, um, where it's horns, but instead of uh, the two big men, at the at the elbows it's it's grant jarrett in one corner and myers leonard in the other corner and the guards are setting the screens that's genius that's a genius formation that is going to be listen i mean stotts tried to do the uh like the gosh what is the flare screen series with myers leonard last Uh, year he did it in preseason so like if they did i i i don't think they would ever do that in a real game but it would be Mm -hmm. hilarious to see like DeAndre Jordan like try and get around a screen from Damian Lillard to cover Myers Leonard pulling for a three like that and that's a listen like we joke but like that's like one of the cool things about Myers Leonard like they yeah, should, yeah, sure I, they should I mean I would I would explore especially if Evan Turner's I, on the court this is you, going way down a rabbit hole we are we are way too far down a rabbit hole at this point in time but it is something <laughs> that you can see during one game of a, of a first round playoff series where you maybe feel like you have uh, an advantage against a team in that sort of Clippers area where you're, or maybe now like the Spurs area where you're just like, this might, this might mess them up for a quarter and a half. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> this might give us some room. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> like I, that would be fun. Yeah. So I, I'm in for Grant Jarrett making the team. I mean, obviously, you know, I, I, I think any of those guys would be great. I think the idea of Grant Jarrett would be kind of cool. Just if he is this good at shooting. Yeah. 
Yeah, but, yeah. Who knows? Wow, Grant Jarrett. Well, we went like eight. Oh, we went like almost eight minutes on Grant Jarrett. This is this is why you brought me on as co-host. I already know. I know. This is what I'm. So these conversations could happen. This is what it's about. I'm excited to see the Hard Knocks continue tonight. The the Montero, Jarrett. Like I wish we had Liev Schreiber, for, for like <laughs> narrating the Montero Jarrett Quarterman <laughs> sweepstakes because Quarterman too. Like this is like mm-hmm. I mean I think Quarterman maybe has a chance. I mean I feel like he's kind of combo guardy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't. This know. is so big. Yeah, so it's like. And he did run the offense like when he was in the game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that like that's I don't, I, don't they, think they, I don't think they need another guy who's a point guard guy who can score. Like Shabazz already kind of covers that. Well, and it's almost the same thing as the front court in a little different aspect in that you have so many guys that you're going to need to like where you have certain minutes in the front court where you're trying to split up. Okay. I'm going to slice two minutes off here and give this guy 18 and that guy 16 yeah. as opposed to in the back court. It's like, I have to Terry Stotts is thinking both of these guys are going to play 36 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. Plus we have Shabazz. So that guard rotation is sort of full. It's only Pat, full Pat, of Pat, two, Pat, two Pat guys. Con- yeah. Pat Connaughton is not going to play. Pat Connaughton's not going to play. Exactly. So, you know, AC is going to switch into the two sometimes, you, you know, it's like, so I, I think it's the same thing for Quarterman in terms of I mean it, preseason if nothing else is a great place to see guys who may end up being those guys who bounce back and forth between D league call ups or end yeah. up being at the end of the bench for an, a team that's not that good. So yeah, I mean yeah, this is these are guys that are going to hang around, but the, like you know it's interesting. And I think obviously I think a lot of you know Blazers fans know the story about Montero, which is like still mind blowing that he's even in the league. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that he was like playing street ball in New York City, like right before he got signed, uh, is is pretty cool. But uh, yeah. so I mean, they got lots of stuff uh, coming for the Blazers, and uh, I'm excited for the preseason game tonight. I mean, do you? Is there anything interesting to you in preseason other than this? Uh, for you, I think for me, a big part of it would probably be how Damian moves off the ball and how he scores. There was a, obviously something written today by. What it was a Joe Freeman or something about uh, about how he's going to score more um, in different ways or maybe it was hold all I'm not sure but I think, in any I, case, th- I think that might have been Schuld. I think okay. it might have been hold hold all so uh, so I think that um, th- that's that's an interesting thing for me especially because as we get on we saw earlier right before you know when training camp opened we saw stories about how Damian wanted to essentially stay off the ground a little bit, protect his body a little bit better in this season. Um, and they have more options. They obviously have more offensive versatility. And we have seen that in the preseason so far in one game, we did see that versatility that they were hoping for by adding, um, Alan Crabb in a bigger role and Evan Turner, obviously. So I I really do want to see, especially as somebody who's watched, I don't almost every single one of Damien's career games yeah, to I, see I, him I, move around in a different way. I mean, that that's great. I, I definitely want to see that because it'll, it'll tell me how far this team's going to go, how versatile is their versatility. And honestly, again, for another year in a row, just, you know, how good a coach is Terry. Right. Uh, you know, that's a really interesting thing uh, that you bring up about Damien's uh, shooting and uh, the way he's going to try and score in different ways and things of that nature. One one actual thing that I, I saw a slight uptick in last year, which there was a very he he was trying to hit the floater a little bit more last year. Mm-hmm. I felt like, and he did keep going to the basket, but I felt like he was going there a little bit less. 
and like trying to he he, he took more mid range shots. It's a very small percentage. Like he doesn't take a ton, mm-hmm. but like he took just a little bit more last year. And I think he probably started to sense. It, it, I, I felt like he was feeling that need to not, you know, get decked and hit the deck so often, mm-hmm. even, even last year. And I'm really interested to see how. You know, they do that. And I would actually like to see more of that with CJ McCollum in the game. Like, like just have CJ run the offense for a little while. Like, Mm -hmm. I I feel like a lot of times, you know, they they were interchangeable at throwing the ball to each other, you know, like across the court if pick and roll didn't work for one another. But CJ is really good, like a really good ball handler. Like, I would be interested to see, you know, getting Damian off the ball when CJ has the ball to bring the ball up and then kind of work, like have, get into sets like that. I mean, I think mm-hmm. they did that to an extent, but I would like to see it more because I think, you know, CJ is going to get his chance to obviously run the offense a lot, but he doesn't have to run it as much with Evan Turner there. So both of them could share the playmaking duties when they're on the court more because it's not like CJ is like the designated, you know, backup point guard all right. the time on the second unit anymore. So mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of like another added effect of having Turner is that you also can allow, you know, I guess CJ and Dane can both, you know, be really good for, you know, stretches that where they're not being completely relied upon just to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, to your first point about Damien's uh, how he was attacking the rim a little bit, I think he, you're right. He did do a lot more where he angled himself to be able to like when he got hit, he would land on his feet a little bit more. And you're, you're right. He would take that floater a little bit more, those mid range shots a little more. And I think every year that I've seen him, he, I, for lack of a better uh, you know, terminology, he just sort of picked up or stole things from other players, whether it be Chris Paul or, you know, wh- whoever, but other veteran point guards that he can uh, take. He can see not only how they play, but also I think how he interacts with the referees has changed oh over God. the oh, last oh, four years. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. How, how, how he gets those calls. And so I think if you're interacting with referees different and you have a reputation you realize that you don't have to plow directly into guys to get those fouls anymore. And why should you? Right. And like for the second part of what you said, if you have those uh, players taking some of those playmaking roles away, can really save yourself from some miles, which is great for him because he's been, um, I mean, an absolute rock in terms of, you know, not missing that many games to injury. Um, and I'm glad it sounds like his plantar fasciitis is doing better to start the season. So, yeah, last year was the first time he didn't play 82. Uh, and it's just because that plantar fasciitis, he only missed seven games. Like that, you know, that guy's he's super durable. And I, the point that you bring up about uh, hounding the officials is is was so much more apparent last year than it ever has been. And I think it pro- probably part of it was too like not having all of the veterans there. So mm. like not being like in a crowd of people talking to a referee. But now when last year he's like the unquestioned leader and the captain right. of the team he has the freedom to do that all the time. And so I think probably part of that was like, he wasn't the captain, you know, like, I mean, LaMarcus was the captain and then Matthews was the emotional quote unquote emotional leader. So it was like, you know, he wasn't really, you know, and so last year, and I think too, he also just like, I think every player steals stuff from each other because that's how that's smart. It's smart. And so it's like, you know, like, you know, people would watch film of Kyrie to know how to spin the ball or like, or Chris Paul, you know, everyone steals all those moves from each other. So it's like very smart. And Dame, yeah, Lillard goes to like, he works in the summer on his game and does a lot of different things. And also, 
you know, I think what a lot of Blazer fans are hoping for in this, he's not going to get decked as much. He's going to be smarter. He's going to be, you know, not bringing the ball up as much, getting more off the ball. Perhaps uh, there's a hope that he will have more energy to be able to defend a little bit better. Mm. Um, because I think oh, yeah. that's, I think that's just his biggest thing. I just think he doesn't have the, I, I just think a lot of times he just runs out of gas. Cause like, you know, he had a 30, you know, 30 plus usage rate or whatever last year. Like, he, <laughs> you know, like he, 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 right. he can't, it's just not physically possible, you know? It's like, right. You have to be superhuman. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm uh, misquoting his usage. His usage is 31.3. So, you know, uh, yeah, so it's hard to defend at an elite level when your usage is 31.3. Yeah, for sure. I hadn't thought about that angle actually. That's a very good point. So, and again, and we've seen we've seen Damien's defense as I don't want to say it's been minimal because I think from where he started out was clearly not very good to moving slowly towards being an average defender. Mm-hmm. And so if he if he puts on one uh, one skill or ad, adds one more piece as time goes on, which is I think a realistic expectation for somebody who's not, you know, I mean, who's not Chris Paul, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, I mean, is Kyrie Irving uh, an All Star caliber defender no, either? No. no, but no. he has a ring last year, right? So it's like I think we have to. People need to sort of temper their expectations a little listen, bit while still hoping that he gets better. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, listen, I'm not gonna. I mean, Damian Lillard could score forty in a playoff game with LeBron James and hit a jumper over Stephen Curry. Like mm-hmm. that. That's just facts. Like that. That yep. it is what it is. So like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I don't think. I. I, I think. Also, like Steph Curry himself is like a perfect example of like how you can just gradually pick up just a little bit more defense mm-hmm. as you go along. Like he used to be terrible on defense and like when the Warriors are at their best, he's a he's a pretty decent defender, like a good defender at times. Obviously, you know, he has you you get tired. Like it's impossible to stay, you know, elite for the whole time, but he was not a good defender and I think Lillard can get better too. So, yeah, I think definitely you know, yeah, it's a fit. and I think, a, and a lot of that stuff just comes with time in terms of being in the NBA, having it being done to you, having to guard against it, all of that because it's it, as much as uh, you know if if you've played basketball your whole life or something and you understand sort of uh, the very basic nature of how one on one man defending and one like sort of man team defending works, it's so much different at an NBA level. There's all these like tricks essentially is what I want to call them. They're not really tricks, but it's just sort of like sort of pieces of game flow that sort of mesh together in how you defend somebody when you like where you step where and if you slap here and all that kind of stuff that's it's so much different from the basic level and th- that kind of stuff is going from say one level to another say from you know college to to the pros it can be so much different and you have to learn something completely new, even though you're a professional, that you something you've been doing for, I know who knows how long you've been playing basketball at the time you've been a pro, right? Like, yeah. I don't know, 18, 18 years, yeah, maybe 18, 20 years, yeah, 18 years. Yeah. 18, so 20 years. Yeah. Um, so you have to learn something else new and that can take time. Yeah, no. And so, yeah, Damian Lillard moving off the ball, how that changes him is going to be a really good, uh, preseason thing to watch. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see how that develops. Uh, you know, the small forward position is obviously a topic of discussion because it's not 100% settled. And I think Terry Stotts isn't going to tell us one way or another, you know, what, whether it's going to be done. I, I mean, it would be very unstotts like for like there to be a set starting lineup 
before the first game of the season, I think. Mm-hmm. And actually, I just thought of a theory in talking about this. I would not be surprised if like the lineup that he threw out there in the second half against the Jazz mm-hmm. of the preseason game was just something to mess with them. Because they play them in the first, they play them in the first game of the season. Yeah, yeah. So like, it could have just been something, to, just like complete, just random thing to throw out there. Like, yeah. I was intrigued by it, but it could have just mm-hmm. been a random, you know, thing for them to think about in the lead up to the game because they do play them in the first game. Oh uh, yeah, I could see that because yeah. uh, unlike unlike Dwight Howard, who said today he doesn't know who's even on the Warriors, so apparently he's not scouting other teams. Uh, other teams do scout scout you. So right. and obviously Utah is a divisional opponent. Oh yeah, and expected of, to to battle for that that spot. So it would make sense to just like mess with them right. for part and, of a game that really doesn't matter. Yeah, and I mean they probably maybe it would have been helpful. But I think I don't think they're going to need that help anymore now that Gordon Hayward is out. Uh, yeah, he yeah. Uh, broke his. Uh, he had a broke a bone in his he, hand. He, 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 I thought he dislocated. I didn't know if he broke a bone though. I, yeah, I think the I think you the Utah Jazz. So the initial report was a dislocation, and then the Jazz ah. official report said a fracture. Um, I think it, I think I read it happened um, getting a finger stuck in a jersey or something like that. Just, ah. the, the, just the worst way. Just such a freak the, stu- the, the stupidest way or the mo- yeah. maybe a very disheartening way. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. it wasn't even like you were making a play or something right. on something and, and you broke – like you know, it was just like a chance thing. But that's how hands happen like a lot of the times. I feel like hands yeah. are always some kind of awkward, not really that heroic type of thing. <laughs> but yeah. it sucks. Like, like doing knuckle push-ups. Yeah, ex- exactly. Well – quote unquote quote knuckle push ups like yeah exactly that's, that was what they said about Kevin Love I'm not sure I believe it but that was what they said <laughs> so we have to go with it um yeah. no that yeah, that's funny yeah the knuckle push ups gosh that that brings us back brings me back to like yeah. 5 years ago <laughs> but um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm upset about the, that for the for uh, for jazz fans though because yeah, no that's a bummer I, I wanted them to be good and they and he was like the one guy that was like ready to go last year you know and he need, and he also needs to be there right exactly well, it's, like, it's not like exum towards ACL the first year and it's like okay well you have a great burgeoning guard, guard lineup yeah i mean can't have can't not have Gordon Hayward no, and Exum's not ready yet. Like his ACL recovery is still like he's still very much recovering. Still, like he's playing, but like he's not one hundred percent. And Hayward is everything for that team. They're like their clutch guy. He gets the ball in the clutch like every game. It's like the Gordon show. Uh, and I mean Rodney Hood got in there a little bit more, but yeah, I mean Hayward is a lot to that team, and that's that sucks because obviously the Jazz had a huge uh the jazz had a huge um off season where they got Boris Dia, they got Joe Johnson, they got George Hill and all of that is great and I think that probably will help keep them afloat for a little while but I don't think that they're going to be anywhere this makes it really hard for them to be like 40, you know, in the to mm-hmm. be, to beat the over. You know, their over is 47 and a half. Mm-hmm. Or the over under forty seven and a half. I think it's gonna be really hard for them to get to forty eight wins. Uh, yeah, especially without, especially without. in the next, especially since this year. You know, last year we saw a fall off in, um, I guess wins through the playoff eligible teams in the Western Conference, and we're gonna see that again this year. But as teams do what the Blazers did and do what the Spurs are doing, which is sort of okay. This is our new core. 
This is what we're going to do moving forward for the next three years. Uh, this is a great opportunity opportunity year for the Jazz to be able to sneak in since they're supposed to be ready and and Hayward's supposed to be sort of starting his prime and right. uh, all these players are you know coming in. So yeah. that's that's a huge blow, I think. Yeah, and a, and a lot of the competitors to you know people that would be you know a lot of the normal contenders like. The Spurs are in transition. You know, the the, the Clippers are kind of right. like the only sure thing. And, I mean, this is kind of just saying what you just said in a different way. It's just, you know, and, and, and like, really a lot of people look at the Jazz and, like, this team could be could play the Warriors in the in conference finals. Like, why not? Because, like, if Chris Paul or Blake gets injured, which always happens, it seems like, in the playoffs, you know, like, then, you know, they have a chance, you know. But, right, yeah, right. B- bummer. And they could still get in the playoffs. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sold on yeah, like, yeah. I'm not sold on Memphis. I'm not sold on uh, – I'm not really sold on – I mean, Dallas will all, almost always hang around. So I guess I probably shouldn't be – but, like, I'm still not sold on Dallas. Yeah, or, yeah. or, like, I think Houston's going to be really good, but I'm not, like, sold on them. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, 100%. Like, I need to see it first. And I think Harden's in right, shape. Right. So, like, I think that's really all that matters. Yeah. But – um, yeah, Dane, uh, anything, you know, you're, you're, working on and anything you want to tell the people, I think it's pretty good for today's episode. Uh, yeah. and we'll, we're going to be doing this a lot. So, uh, yeah, we will. Yeah. So, uh, any, any anything that you're working on, anything you want to publish or, or, or plug, excuse me. And, uh, obviously tell uh, people where they can find you and you'll be back frequently as, as a co-host on this show. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. I'm I'm super excited to be on to it and could be able to talk plays with you every single week. So, uh, no, I don't have anything else I'm working on. I will say that uh, I know if you are uh, fans of my YouTube, as I've talked talked about on this podcast before, my YouTube channel is still up. It's called the Rewind. It will still have um, stuff going up as the season goes on, as the NBA, well, one, as the NBA plays some games, and two, as they add some video back to their their site, which they kind of shut down for both us media folk and uh, publicly for some unknown reason, so it's hard to do some scouting, but we'll have some stuff back up there. You'll see it on NBC Pro Sports t- uh, in some fashion obviously um and uh you can check out my podcast that i have with my friend yumi agawa it's called between me and you on itunes uh eric we will have you on soon because we get a little a little synergy over there cross, but uh yeah, we're, synergy, we're, we're back yeah. we're back doing it two portland sports writers yuchi is a uh, soccer writer for real gm obviously i work at nbc now so uh come check it out it's um it's really fun and then, of course you can find me on twitter at dane carbaugh c-a-r-b-a-u-g with the holidays around the corner now's your chance to save time and money at safeway stock up sale plus earn four times gas reward points on participating items look for tags on items like honey nut cheerios select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card and select varieties of betty crocker cake mix brownie mix or frosting are 10 for ten dollars with your club card maximum gas reward at participating snoco stations is 20 cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at safeway stations in a single fill up to 25 gallons other restrictions limitations and exclusions apply for complete details go to safeway.com